Welcome to the Sherney Podcast, brought to you by Sherney Streetwear. My name is Tam Kaur. And my name's Malika Kaur. Welcome to episode one. Can you believe it's already July 2021? That's literally so gnarly. It blows my mind. How is it 2021? Like, I feel like I can't even make sense of 2020, to be I honest. I feel like just yesterday we were in LA launching Sherney Streetwear I and celebrating my birthday, and I just don't know where the time went. I mean, our lives were completely different at that point of time. Yeah. We had worked tirelessly for months getting the launch ready, and we had timed it to be to for Shani Streetwear to launch on March 8th, 2020, because it was your birthday, and it's also International Women's Day. Yeah, it was the perfect day. Yeah, and I mean, this is a feminist streetwear line, and that seemed like the perfect setting for it. It just made so much sense right there was a lot of symbolism there but I don't think I can forget us being in LA and our parents calling us and saying you know hey we're hearing this stuff on the news about a potential virus and I think you guys should come home (laughs) of course we're like uh no (laughs) we're gonna stay like we have reservations we just only have like two three (laughs) days more of I know because no one had really talked about what was happening and how serious it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was more communication and like chatter in the Bay Area and different circles about people who are tracking how the virus was progressing overseas and kind of what the implications would be for America. But there was no. And how contagious it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's rewind a little on why we started working on Sharony Streetwear. Totally. Yeah. So our family, we ha- we come from a fashion background and we've grown up spending numerous summers interning in our family's clothing manufacturing and clothing design business. And so we're very familiar with, you know, as you start as like a fashion intern yeah. and like doing all the grunt work to then being able to graduate to being able to go fabric shopping and then, you know, creating patterns and like bringing that to life and picking out embroidery and all this stuff. And, you know, it's very elaborate, but there was. Yeah, even just like working in the shop, like I remember (laughs) having to fold so many suits that like my my arms would just like feel so strained at the end of the day. But the fabric, how heavy the fabric was. And I mean, that's just so funny. But then we would come back to California and our life would be completely different. And it was almost like we're living in two alternative universes. Like India was such so amazing. Our family is from New Delhi. And so it's vibrant. It's full of energy. It's noisy. There's so much going on. Yeah. And we were always exposed to like this creative space. Um, So we always knew how vibrant and beautiful and how creative India is. I mean, just like the caliber of artists in India are just astonishing. And I think it's weird because a lot of people up until 2020 never really associated Indians with the word creative, which is not very accurate. It was always in the West, you kind of are painted into a stereotype of just, you know, a doctor, lawyer, engineer, and more of a STEM basis. But India is very much into steam you know there is yeah. this big arts component definitely indian identity so because we felt like we've always lived in two different worlds we wanted to create a brand that represented both of them because yeah. we're california kids at heart 
yeah, but we've born and also raised. yeah, born and raised <laughs> Bay Area. Um, but we've also spent so many of our summers in India. Yeah. So we tried to think of like how do we marry these two cultures into identities, and that's how we came up with Cherney Streetwear. Yeah, and it's something we'd never seen before. Um, you know, coming from our family's background in they really kind of specialized in Indian clothes, formal wear. So there wasn't much fusion happening there. No. And then I think every Indian Indian American and I think Indian diaspora kid around the world. Yeah, has I'm just this like South dilemma. Asian American. Yeah, they have this dilemma of like everyone's closet. You can see a very <laughs> fine line. Yeah, you can see the clear the, divide. The divide, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like these are my Indian clothes. And these are my Western or American clothes. And mm-hmm. they're so different, right? Like, they look nothing alike. Like, you couldn't... I mean, I guess you could, but it depends on where you live and, you know. But there's, like, this clear divide between your wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of frustrating because you're like, I only have so much space. <laughs> and I have so many clothes, right? And it also... It goes deeper than just clothing, right? Because it's, like, having two identities... That are not necessarily that complementary, right? They're kind of like dueling ideologies. Yeah. Eastern and Western culture is very much at a stark contrast. Um, and so they're, I think it's hard as like a first gen kid, you know, you're born and raised in a completely different country. And we were so lucky that we were able to visit um, every summer to our Nani and Nana. And that gave us a really good window and like relationship with our Indian heritage definitely, um, and our Punjabi heritage like it's so different being able to you know spend time with both sets of grandparents um, and so I think for us like we kind of started having a lot of conversations about like why do we have to keep these two sides so separate yeah you know like oh we can only wear Indian clothes when we go to like Indian parties and there's like this certain time and place for it but then like you know, in our majority of our life, you know, we are wearing American clothes and we, I mean, we do have a privilege of being very like assimilated and kind of like westernized. Like our parents are very progressive. And so we do have a lot of privilege in certain things. So I do want to like acknowledge that. Yeah. But I think for us, we've always been leaders and we've always kind of moved the needle forward and had these conversations and we just started talking about like why should we have to like keep these two sides so separate yeah why can't we fuse them i feel like there's always two routes that you can go like we've gone to like our south asian parties like our indian parties and we've worn dresses we've gone to like indian weddings at vineyards and we're like why should we wear like a langa, like I want to wear like a long lace gown, yeah, and kind of like challenging these norms of like trying <laughs> to just did not like it. <laughs> um, the number of spe- sneak photos that were taken of us that night that was like, insane. Yeah, so to fill everyone in, listening, um, we had gone to a family friend's wedding. I think this was like very close. Like it wasn't that long ago before like quarantine. So yeah. like, maybe it was like. I think it was like in like 2019. I think yeah. it was like it was like the last like big Indian wedding we'd gone to. And I was actually even in the wedding. And so like when I was a bridesmaid in the in the wedding, I had to wear lingo, which I loved. I love lingas. And but then for the reception, I wanted to 
like wear this beautiful black dress. It was really appropriate for the time. Like the bride loved it. So she approved it. So it wasn't like I was not following orders or whatever. But everyone who was like younger loved it. And like you also went in um, like a, a, I guess, a Western dress. Yeah, it was like a lace net kind of sheer dress, but with like a slip underneath. Yeah. So nothing, and mine was more yeah. of like a mermaid um shape. So it like yeah. really I feel like it still went with like you know, a very embellished like yeah. formal wear whatnot. So everyone who's young loved our outfits and we felt comfortable in them and the vineyard, I mean, if you're in wine country and there's a certain setting, it was just like a certain aesthetic and we were we were just excited to wear them and there's so many Indian aunties that had such an issue with it. Yeah. They're like, "Why did you take off your lenga?" Where is your Indian jewelry? Because, you know, they had us wear really heavy jewelry and we're very minimalist. And, you know, you if you're dancing all night, there's... It just hurts. I don't know. It's just like a time and place. Like, there's... Yeah. It just depends. Like, if you are, you know, doing a linga and you're doing the heavy jewelry, it's fun and it's a cute look. But then I think we just wanted to just do a completely different vibe. And I think people also don't talk about, like, when you're in an Indian society or community like you see these people so many times it's like you go to these parties you go to these <laughs> weddings and it's like it feels like groundhog's day after a while it's yeah. like the same people every weekend that you know all these outfits all this stuff so we just we were just trying to like do something different and we tend to be rebellious that way but long story short um all these indian aunties were like what are you wearing and we we're like why can't we you know kind of wear both like why do we yeah. have to like conform into one why are we way? pigeonholed into one aesthetic yeah depending on our environment yeah and i think like the fun thing about like the pieces we've designed for shiny streetwear you can mix and match them with like your langas and stuff like that like the bling crop top that would look amazing with like a langa skirt you could even put like a chinny over it like there's so many pieces and like all of our tie-dye pieces could be so fun during holy you could wear them with like but Tiala Silvar, like you could really like mix and match. And yeah. I think our mom is like a huge style inspo for us. Like she was, a, she still is. She's like the biggest fashionista. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many fun pictures of her wearing oversized like neon. There she was wearing this like one like green neon oversized t-shirt. And then she wore a white um, Patiala Silvar with it. Yeah. And she had these like amazing like 80s type of like leather red shoes and she had a rihanna haircut like she before rihanna she had like this pixie cut and <laughs> yeah. she's really good she looking. rebelled she yeah, cut she, her hair she cut her hair yeah <laughs> as like rebellion to having you know coming from a very traditional sikh family where she's supposed to keep her hair very long so that kind of goes into like beauty standards but you know she had moved to america she was like you know fully exploring her style and you know all of this your style and how you express yourself goes like much deeper. Yeah. So our mom's always been like a major style inspo for us. And so this has just been fun of, you know, something like sharing is so personal. It's so meaningful, right? It's celebrating strong women. Yeah. And I don't think in Indian culture, strong women get enough credit or praise. Yeah. And they're not celebrated that much. It is still very much a patriarchal society. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And so this is something that we're very intentional with creating the brand. And it's all about B 
being powerful, being fearless, and living life on your own terms, not having to conform to someone's idea of how you should live your life. And even though, like, I guess the word lioness, it's gendered in that sense, but it's not necessarily, we're not trying for it to be, you know, not inclusive. It is kind of a state of mind um, and it's open for everyone. Right. Yeah, like, it's just about being this like bold, confident, unapologetic self. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's there's such like magic happening, I think, right now. You know, in 2020, we've seen such a rise of South Asian creators. And so this journey has been really special because it's been completely organic. And yeah. We had no idea how anyone re- would react to this. And the reaction has and been And luckily enough, I felt like Sharony Streetwear coincided with this like rise of like the South Asian creator movement. Yeah. And it was just like a beautiful like occurrence. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's so special as like a designer to take a step back. And like we were very intentional with not making ourselves the face of the brand yeah. because this is so much bigger than just us. And we're not trying to get like caught up in that, like the ego of that. Exactly. Um, and that's why like we didn't necessarily like create the brand name based on our names or, you know, things of that nature. It's not about us. It's about the community we're building. It's about the message we're trying to spread. And it's I think there is a shortage. I You know, there can never be too many powerful, strong South Asian women and South Asian people in the world who are willing to say, hey, I don't need to conform to your stereotypes, right? I'm going to live my life on my terms. Um, And we've been so blessed with how many people have supported this message. Yeah. I feel like our community has grown so much from day one to where it is now. It's like it's blown our minds. Yeah. And this has been a fully organic experience. This is a real test of like, does this mean a lot to other people like is does this have impact that people are you know going to resonate with this and we've been able to it's attracted such strong creative interesting people around the world and that's been really cool yeah i i never thought there'd be i never thought our community would span so many other countries yeah like we have a huge presence now in canada in the uk in australia Yeah. And even like we're always like it blows our minds when there's like other countries that we never even thought that. Yeah, like Singapore. In Singapore. And we had someone wear clothes in Senegal in Africa. And like it's just it's literally so exciting. Like each time there's like first of all, anytime someone supports the brand, we literally do like a happy dance. And it's like surprising to us each time. It like really feels like this is gonna sound funny because our family totally had to celebrate christmas (laughs) because they didn't want us to feel left out yeah parents were like really big we celebrated everything yeah we literally celebrate everything and i think that's like the unique thing about growing up in the bay area it is a very very much a melting place of so many cultures and we'll talk about that in another episode but you and i grew up with so many friends of so many different other cultures and backgrounds and so we've just been exposed to so many different you know foods and cuisines and languages and like the way people live and like everyone's always lived very harmoniously in the bay area 
And, you know, it's just that really kind of warms our heart. But with like so many South Asian creators, what's been cool that it hasn't just been limited to social media. Yeah. Right. There's been this spread on like TV. Yeah. There's been a rise in like modeling and music in fashion and dance. Yeah. And I I do think though that the root a big like kind of cause of this is TikTok. Yeah. Um so it is good to mention that like so many South Asian creators have been able to go viral in a sense because yeah. of TikTok. And um, it's been cool. I think before when India was allowed to be on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, I was blown away by the creativity. The cinematography. <laughs> I know it was it was literally better cinematography than most Bollywood. Yeah, it was. The storylines, the acting, the complexity. Their trends were just so intricate and so like good. and so like entertaining. And yeah. it was nice to see kind of like a like decentralized entertainment. Yeah. Because as everyone knows, Bollywood is like heavy nepotism. Yeah, there's a lot of gatekeeping that yeah. happens. And that's kind of true in, like, Hollywood as well and, like, media as well, right? It's a very gate-kept community. And so this has been a cool time to see people just create content and kind of what they say, like, the cream rises to the top. And it's very true. Like, there's, if you have the right platform, the most talented people will definitely shine through. Yeah. Who are your favorite South Asian creators? I think, like, the creators that come like top of mind there's been like hundreds or thousands thousands, right it's like impossible to like name everyone but just right off the top of my head i think the jakara sisters have really stuck out for me i love their dance trio like i love it i love that they're sisters i mean maybe i'm biased in that case (laughs) i like that they're like american diaspora right like they're i like that they have their own like careers and this was a place like they were able to come together and spend time and you know that's kind of like the silver lining of the quarantine you know being able to spend more time with like family and friends and just kind of like connect on that deeper level yeah without a lot of distractions yeah i totally think so who has stuck out for you i feel like for me um mill and matthew really stuck out um, I really like yeah, she's awesome. How she incorporated her own culture mm, and yeah. she kind of plays to that South Asian to Western trend a lot. Yeah, because she'll start off maybe in like Western clothes, but then she'll like transition into like maybe a sari or yeah or a langa. And I just find all of the clothes that she wears so beautiful. Yeah, so it was really nice to actually even work with her. Um, yeah, and she's a sweetheart. She she was so sweet to work with, and she started that trend of yeah. Kind of she started off that trend, your heritage. Yeah, and you know, I think she got a lot of des- well deserved kudos for that. Um, and I think that was the first time people started to be like, "Wow, like South Asian creators are actually are very powerful," you know. And it seemed like there's been. I think she's inspired thousands of people, and I agree with you. It's so nice to see her showcase Indian culture and her culture and just be so proud. I think like this is what's really fun and interesting about this time is 
there's no longer these like gatekept, really like specific types of people who are propped up to be yeah. these role models. Um, and I think like older generations and older um, Indian diasporas always complained about, you know, when they're growing up that the ideal role model was white, skinny, blonde, blue eyed and yeah. right. It was very Eurocentric in terms of those beauty standards. So it's been so fun to see everyone kind of sharing who they are and everyone's so different yeah. and unique and beautiful and just it's really nice. Yeah, I and I know. feel like we've been able to like peel back that onion and like a few more layers. So rather than people just thinking that like all South Asians are the same, yeah. People have really been able to own their like actual culture. So whether yeah. you're like Gujarati or your Tamil or your mm -hmm. Punjabi yeah. or your Bangladeshi or your Pakistani. We've yeah. been able to see such a wide variety and yeah. diverse set of content come from TikTok. Yeah, and because the South Asian diaspora is very diverse. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people understood that and understood that there's so many different languages, there's different types of food, there's different types of um, the way that they dress there's different like even like gender roles right eat like yeah. there's so much complexity in the south asian identity and so it has been really cool to see you know people be able to like peel that onion and really be able to like showcase like no this is exactly who i am i'm not your tokenized version i'm not your stereotypical version no and really kind of like their true personality shine through and i think there are a lot of um there's so many creators and there are so many different avenues in which they take it like i think i love how chloe dollywall started and she's like a fashion influencer yeah and she's just like she's so authentic and it's amazing right like she's not necessarily doing like a south asian thing but she's not necessarily hiding it either right yeah she's able to like cross over to so many different countries and just kind of like really rise to the top with having top talent and like amazing content great outfits and just like being so consistent and like all that hard work that she puts in so yeah. I think that's like really awesome I totally agree and I just feel like overall the silver lining of 2020 has been able to connect with so many South Asian cre creators and be able to see them grow and see Sharni Street grow together. Yeah. And we've just been so grateful for all of the support. Yeah. Every creator we've worked with has like gone above and beyond to support us yeah. and like genuinely be fans of the movement and just really appreciate the clothing and just like really enjoy. And it's, it's funny because you can tell that they love the clothing. They love the brand because they wear it all the time. Like, yeah. and it's not necessarily that like, we need to be tagged every time they wear it. No, not at all. Like we are just so appreciative to like have the opportunity to work with them. And you can really tell that they really enjoy the brand and it really resonates with them. So that's a really special feeling yeah. as well. It's for sure warmed our hearts. Yeah. In terms of TikTokers who are based in India, is there anyone who like really sticks out for you? Um, I believe her TikTok handle is the mermaid scale. Her name's Krutika, and I swear to God, we've lived the same lives. <laughs> she's so funny, and I feel like she's just so relatable. Yeah. Like, we clearly have grown up in, like, two different parts of the world, but yeah. 
almost every one of her TikToks I can relate to. She's just so funny and I like highly recommend that you follow her because she's so funny. Yeah, that she's hilarious. I know you send me her TikToks all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a stan. She's definitely your fave. Yeah. But I think another interesting avenue that I've seen South Asian creators go in is in being an activist yeah. and like really having the courage to speak up and spread awareness on a lot of causes that maybe in the past people would look away and not really like focus that much Yeah, they were on. like sensitive or even maybe labeled taboo subjects. Yeah. I think like for me in this category, when I think of this, I think like Rub Joke really sticks out for me. Yeah. Um, and we'll put everyone's like handles in the comments or kind of the description yeah. of this episode so you guys can go and follow them. Um, but if you're familiar with um our uh Instagram for Shani Street where we shout out Rub Joke all the time, she's you know, a great supporter um of Shani Streetwear and for I think for both of us, she's so inspiring because she can speak very authentically to her experience of growing up, you know, in the South Asian diaspora, like, yeah. you know, growing up in America, what that experience was like um, and some kind of those different hurdles and, yeah, you know, kind her of struggles. Yeah, maybe. different struggles of like being bullied and then just kind of all of the things that she's gone through, but she's been able to turn a lot of this into a lot of strength and power yeah and she always speaks out for causes that are very meaningful and that are really important to her she's also very creative and yeah. very artsy and she you know is um into like directing and film and all of these things she has so many different talents and it's really nice to see people actually creating art that's so deeply personal and like meaningful to them like that's very inspiring to us as designers right yeah Anytime someone can be really authentic, like that's really... They really stick out to us. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I think there's so many people that like we wor started working with um, who weren't necessarily like household influencers. Yeah. Um, and they kind of were starting off their journey. Um, and this is not about Rob Joe. This is about just like people yeah. in general. There's so many people we've worked with that, you know, it's it's been really nice. And there's so many people who started off kind of around the time we started off and to see kind of that growth and that parallel and being able to like mutually support each other is really awesome. And that kind of goes into like one of our core um, missions as well is like creating a community where like South Asian people can support South Asian people, right? Yeah. Kind of like women supporting women is something we are really passionate about. Um, and doing so in a really authentic matter Right. I think like, yeah, there's a lot of cases people make of like bad feminism and like there's a lot of like definitely pink washing that happens. But I think anyone who knows us and has been like following us for a long time know we like really walk that walk. Yeah. Of course, like we don't take it. We don't take it lightly when someone tries to mess with us for no reason, because <laughs> all we do is try to spread positivity yeah. and support. And so I think but we're also not like pushovers. And definitely so not we're definitely not pushing it we're be, barbs it would be off brand <laughs> yeah i mean yeah and that's just not who we are right i think like there's so much work that needs to be done in the kind of like daisy community in terms of like healing and yeah. like tough conversations and really kind of coming together and having like 
really meaningful collective conversations about like is this how we want to progress in the future like is this the legacy we want to leave and you know we're in upcoming episodes we're going to talk about auntie culture yeah kind of where this stems from and we have kind of a different take on it so that will be coming up but i think there's um there's just so much room for us to all grow together and you know really pursue our dreams and live our life authentically and you know there's so many different south asian creators out there that like we can't wait to get to know um so many that we've met and we're you know so grateful to you know be friends with and you know yeah. partner with and, and all these been things like completely virtual yeah and we know this podcast is also still <laughs> digital but it would just be amazing to just like do pop-ups in our favorite cities yeah. and be able to like do that I, I know we're we're pretty far out and like yeah. there's more variants of covid spreading yeah. and unfortunately we might not be able to do that as soon as we wanted to but yeah we had some big plans i know but i know all our plans got squashed and that's kind of like the world though right you like yeah. make plans and then you know kind of life happens but in the meantime we're we're here we're listening to you conversations that you want us to bring up or things that you want to talk about this really is kind of a space for our community yeah so we'll be asking questions, you know, um, in our stories and, you know, for different topics or if there's certain guests you want us to have on, definitely yeah. be very vocal. We're here to really be kind of at your service, right? Um, I think there's a lot of interesting things that we bring to the table and different experiences we've had that give us kind of a unique perspective. Um, but, you know, we are very passionate about expressing ourselves through fashion design um but we're also very passionate about connecting with people and being able to share a little bit in that storytelling yeah and and i feel like we've had so much fun working on Cherney streetwear yeah where we started to look at other aspects of our lives that we wanted to kind of put our spin on in yeah we love makeup and we love skincare and yeah. we've just we just noticed that we were consuming like just not clean beauty and yeah it was scary and putting like plastic like on our face and like like having our skin consume just like these harmful chemicals yeah. that the beauty industry is not really incentivized to protect makeup wearers or just like skincare wearers so we wanted to create something that was affordable and we wanted to create something that was like clean beauty and also like cute af yeah so we're just so happy that we were able to launch sherney cosmetics last week yeah and the support has been so amazing and we're just so proud to be able to like add another aspect of our brand and our community and just share that with everyone yeah, and I think I agree with all of that a thousand percent. And I think something that a lot of people forget about when they're creating a brand is the affordability aspect. Yeah. And so this was a major labor of love. It was a major investment. I mean, I think we put everything into this. Yeah. And it was so important for us to offer everything at such an affordable price. And that's something that's like really meaningful to us because, you know, we understand that everyone's at different stages of their life, right? And we don't feel like 
clean beauty should be gatekept by a high price. Um, we really are passionate that it should be accessible and it should be affordable. And another thing that we're really passionate about is having products that are developed that are cruelty free. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that's really important to us. And it's kind of like our brand values of just like spreading positivity, you know, and also being able to offer more options. I feel like there's like before we really started working on Cherry Street where like there is no go-to brand I could go to that where I would feel comfortable that is actually like representing the totality of myself, right? The yeah. totality of my identity of, you know, being a dysphoric kid. There really wasn't like a brand that I could resonate with. And I think that was like such a powerful movement for us to just kind of create what we wish existed. Um, and Sharony Cosmetics is, you know, right in line with that as well. And so we do have a giveaway going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know when we're going to edit this podcast <laughs> and get it up. So we're going to try to do this quickly. Um, but yeah, it's a podcast or it's, excuse me, not a podcast. It's a giveaway between Sharony Streetwear and Sharony Cosmetics. You're going to be able to win our entire debut collection, um, which includes two cruelty-free lashes that are foam mink, all of our vegan lip glosses and a holographic makeup bag, which is super cute. It's really cute. And a Sharony, um, Streetwear pop socket and holographic stickers. And we have two winners. Um, so one will be for Canada and one will be for the US. Yeah, we wanted to make it as, you know, broad as possible and, you know, take care of all of our international peeps. Um so that was really important for us, but you know, we're so grateful for everyone being on this journey with us. It's definitely not easy. <laughs> we don't do a good job of sharing the hard times yeah. and, you know, we're going to work on that. Um but we also want to be a resource for everyone in the community, you know, if you're aspiring to start a brand or create something and you need some help in that case or like you know you want to ask us questions yeah i think we'll set up something where um people can leave us voicemails of their questions and we can kind of answer them on the pod yeah um because we are very experienced in the business world um and creating brands from scratch is our toxic trait <laughs> it's super hard it's and we love to do it yeah <laughs> It's what we like to do for fun. I know. It's like a very weird hobby to have. That's what happens when, you know, you come from a family of entrepreneurs. But, you know, I think this is going to be a really special space. And, you know, thank you so much for tuning in to our first episode. And we can't wait to continue this conversation. Definitely. And just thank you for supporting all of our brands. And we can't wait for the next episode. Take care. Bye.